0: everyone. It's truly good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen. So I want to touch the base of heaven again tonight for those that are sick in body. Amen. And those that are going through things in their lives. A lot of people are having surgeries. A lot of people are facing a lot of difficult things in their lives. So we want to pray for them again tonight. Amen. Lord, we thank you tonight, Jesus. I know, God, there's nothing impossible for you to do, Jesus. And I'm asking you tonight, Father, if you would reach down upon those, Lord God, that are sick in their bodies tonight, Lord, there's so many, Lord God, that needs a touch tonight, Lord God. And you know each and every one and every household and every church, oh God, and every family life, God. And I ask you tonight, Lord, that you would reach down upon them tonight, oh God, again, Lord. Lord, they need you tonight, God. If you don't touch, Lord God, there's, there's not going to be any help for them, Lord. And so I'm asking you, last, Lord, to reach upon them. I pray, God, that you would touch my neighbor's sister. Lord, touch her tonight. Lord, reach down, God. Bind this cancer in our body, O oh God, I pray. Take it out, Lord, I pray. I ask you, dear God, to go into the nursing homes tonight. Lord, there's so many, Lord God, that are on death's bed tonight, oh, God, are ready to meet you. Lord, I pray that you would touch, Lord God. Let your perfect will be accomplished, Lord. There's many, God, tonight that are in the mental ward, God. There's many that their tr- minds have become troubled by so many things, God, and they have allowed a breach in their spirit, O oh God, and I pray tonight that you would touch, Lord God, their hearts tonight, Lord Jesus. Uh, open their understanding in their minds, O oh God, again tonight, Lord. God, I pray for the bereaved tonight, Lord. There's so many, oh God, and I pray that you would touch their hearts and comfort their hearts and comfort their minds, Lord God, tonight, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, for those elders, oh God, that are sick in body tonight, Lord Jesus, and God, those that needs you, Lord, I pray that you reach down. God, there's many that has pain in their bodies tonight, Lord Jesus. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you would remove the pain and suffering that many of them are going through tonight, Lord. I know you can, Jesus. There's nothing impossible. God, you said, if two agree on earth is touching anything, in the name of the Lord, it'll be done. And we look to you, Jesus. We look to you tonight, God. Oh, God, those that are in the storms and those that are facing the snow and those that are facing so many things. Oh, God, Lord, I thank you tonight that I have a chance to intercede, oh, God, that I have another opportunity to come into your presence, oh, God. Lord Jesus, I thank you tonight, Lord. I need your power. I need your anointing, oh God. I need your wisdom. I need your strength and directions, oh God, tonight. We need you, Lord. Touch, oh God, my household. Touch my brothers, my sisters, oh God, their families, oh God. They need you, Lord. They need you tonight. God, there's those that are without work tonight, Lord. There's those that are concerned, Lord God, and that this Christmas won't be like any other Christmas, oh God. But, Lord, move upon their hearts and let them realize that it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Let them look unto you, who is the author and the finish of their faith. Help them through it, Lord God. Help them through it tonight, Lord. Uh, Encourage and strengthen them in every place, Lord. Let us be lights, O God. Let us be, O God, words of wisdom and knowledge to their hearts, Lord. Touch them tonight, Jesus. Uh, We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Well, I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can. Oh, I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can. Well, I'm going to serve Him in the morning. I'm going to serve Him all day long. I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can. Oh, I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can. Oh, I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can. Well, I'm going to serve them in the morning. I'm going to serve Him all day long. Oh, I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can. Oh, I'm gonna praise the Lord any way that I can. Oh, I'm gonna praise the Lord any way that I can. Well, I'm gonna praise Him in the morning. I'm gonna praise Him all day long. Oh, I'm gonna praise the Lord any way that I can. Oh, I'm gonna praise the Lord any way that I can. Oh, I'm gonna praise the Lord any way that I can. Well, I'm gonna praise Him in the morning. I'm gonna praise Him all day long. Oh, I'm gonna praise the Lord any way that I can. Oh, I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can, well, I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can. Well, I'm going to serve them in the morning. I'm going to serve them all day long. I'm going to serve the Lord any way that I can. Hallelujah, God, I'm going to serve you any way that I can. I'll serve you in the morning. I'll serve you in the noon. I will serve you all day long, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, the mighty God is Jesus, the Prince of Peace is he, the everlasting Father, the King eternally, the wonderful and wisdom by whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. I tell you, it's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in him. It's all in him. It's all in him. him. The money God is Jesus and is all in Him. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jehovah, Lord of hosts, the present spirit who fills the universe. The advocate, the high priest. The Lamb for sinners slain, the author of redemption, oh glory to his name, I tell you is all in him, is all in him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in him, is all in him, it's all in him. The money God of Jesus and is all in him. The Alpha and Omega beginning and the end. The living Word incarnate, the helpless and a friend. Our wisdom and perfection, our righteousness and power. ye yeah, all you need is Jesus. You find this very hour, I tell you, it's all in him. Is all in him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him, is all in Him, is all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus and is all in Him. Our God for whom we waited will be our glad refrain. Our have recreated when Jesus comes again. Oh, he will come and save us, our king and priest to be. For in him dwell all fullness, and Lord of all is he. I tell you, it's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in him, is all in him, is all in him. The mighty God is Jesus and is all in him. Hallelujah. Well I thank you, Jesus. Uh, well I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Praise God, amen is all in him praise God, and without controversy, great is the mystery of God and as God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory beware Peter Paul says, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth uh, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers, buried with him in baptism. But life as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the like, of his death. We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Praise God. Amen. We are serving an awesome and caring and loving God. Amen. Praise God. It's all in him and he can do anything. and There's nothing impossible for him to do. Praise God. We want to get into our lesson again tonight. We've been talking about a life of service. Amen. And Joshua 24, 15. Amen. Joshua says, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Amen. So we're talking about building this life of service. We was talking about it last week, and we was going through it, and we was looking at the Word of God. Amen. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, excuse me, excuse me, chapter 20, excuse me, Matthew 20, verse 25 through 28. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 to 28. We know here that James and John had asked that they could set one on the right hand and one on the other in his kingdom. And when the other ten heard it, then they got upset. And Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the prince of the Gentiles exercised dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it should not be so among you. And whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life as ransom. So Jesus is saying to him, look, if you want to be great, you need to be the servant. You need to serve. Amen. He says, I did not come to be served. I come to serve. And that's the key is servant leadership. Is the condition of being a servant. That's what it is. When we think of servant leadership, now you think of the purpose uh, and the vision for this church. Amen. The purpose that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The vision to be a church of divine leadership and spiritual growth for all. Amen. So everyone should be moving up higher into the things of God. So to be a servant or to have servanthood or servant leadership, the condition of being a servant is placing the needs of others before yourself. According to Wikipedia, servant leadership is a leadership philosophy in which the main goal of the leader is to serve. We are to serve. A servant leader shares power, puts the needs of others first, and help people develop and perform to the highest state possible. Instead of people works working to serve the leader, the leader exists for the purpose of serving the people. Amen. And we see this type leadership in Jesus. Everything that Jesus does is not about him. It's for others. And he said, I have given you an example. Anytime we take up our cross, which should be daily, it should be to serve. Servanthood flows out of a heart of compassion and gentleness. The Great Commission is a service mission. It is a call to go and serve others. It is providing customer service, if you want to look at it from that standpoint. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, that Jesus himself took on the form of a servant. Such a servant leader was Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything you see him doing through scriptures, he's serving. Amen. Whether it's teaching, whether it's going to heal someone, whether it's providing, whatever he's doing, he's in a servant role. Amen. And he has given us an example. And that's the key here, amen, in this. He was willing to wash others' feet. Notice, and he says there in Matthew, you know, he says that the servant, amen, if you want to be the, the the chief, let him be your servant. He's the greatest. He's God. But what did he do? He robed himself with a towel and washed his disciples' feet. And he says to them, I've given you an example, amen, that the servant, is not greater than his Lord. And so what Jesus is saying to us is you're not greater than me. You know, you're my Lord, I'm your Lord. You're not ever going to be greater than God. And so if God was willing to humble Himself and to serve, then we must take on that same attribute and trait. That's why Paul said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, but took on him the form of a servant. Amen. And that's the attitude we've got to have. Paul told Timothy, and Second Timothy chapter two, Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four through twenty-six. Paul told Timothy, he says, the servants. Of the Lord must not strive. In other words, we must not be argumentative. We not be quarrelsome and fighting and bickering and all this stuff. He says, but he must be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patience and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God provincial will give them repentance to the acknowledge of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snares of the devil who is taken captive by him at his will. Amen. Now, notice he said the servants must not, you, you know, you, you, as I said last week, we've got to have that will and heart and will and mind so that we do not get into arguments. Amen. We're servants, we're serving. Amen. We're called to be servants. Remember what the Lord says in Isaiah 43:10, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord. Beside me there is no Savior. So notice the servant of the Lord must be strong, but he's got to be patient. He's got to be apt to teach. He's got to be ready to teach. In meekness, humility, you got to walk with humility. Remember what Micah 6 says, what does the Lord require? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. We've got to learn this thing called humility and have a state of humility so that God will exalt us in due time when he feels he's ready to exalt us. And Paul goes on here that those that oppose themselves. You see, people reject the gospel. They reject sound doctrine. They reject truth. So what they're doing, they're opposing themselves because it's the sound doctrine and the truth that's going to save you. The gospel is what's going to save a person. So if they reject the truth, they're opposing their self, their own salvation. Or if you want to look at it, Paul says in Romans 8, there's now no condemnation of them who's in Christ Jesus, who walk not at the flesh but at the Spirit. But a lot of people is condemning themselves because they never think they're good enough. They walk around in low self-esteem because they don't think they measure up. And as a result, the enemy plays on that key. And as a result, he keeps them downtrodden. They don't have any joy. So Paul says those that are opposing themselves, the servants, have got to be gentle, apt to teach, to help them come up out of that. See, so this is why we have to be alert here so we can help deliver them out of the snares of the devil. So tonight, I want to give you ten ways Amen, or 10 ways, if you want to keep up with me now, you know, I get carried away here. So I'm going to talk about 10 ways or 10 steps so we can develop a life of service. 10 ways that we can develop a life of service. Amen. We're going to back up from last week. Number one is you must have a willing mind. You're not going to serve if your mind is not made up to serve. David says in Psalms 57, 7, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will arise and give thanks and give praise. Amen. So we got to have that will in mind. Paul says in 2 Corinthians eight twelve, For if there be first a will in mind, it is accepted according to a man that that a man have and not according to that he have not. so there first must be that will and mind. if what is done does not spring out of a willing heart and out of a willing mind then it's not going to be accepted of God. see you want your you, you, you throughout scripture we'll constantly told about our minds. Paul says in Romans 12. Renew your mind. Solomon tell us in Proverbs four twenty three, Amen. That about the mind. See, we we've got to keep our thoughts in check. Proverbs twenty three seven: As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we we've got to keep our mind in check here. If the heart is in it, you're going to do a great job. But if your heart is not in it to serve. You're not going to serve. You just do what you can to get by and think you're going to skate in, but you're not going to skate into heaven. You're called as a servant of the Lord. You're called to serve. And so therefore we must have a heart ready to serve at all times. A willing mind is the first and the main thing. Amen. You've heard me say this a lot. The reason a lot of people don't serve God is they ain't made up their mind to serve God. You have to make up your mind. You know, you think about it. You had to make up your mind if you was coming here tonight or not. You had to. You made up your mind. I'm going to church. If people don't make up their mind, they're not going to go to church. You know, if you make up your mind, you go to church. The same way we're going to work. You have to make up your mind. You're going to get up and that alarm clock go off and go to work. You make up your mind to do that. See, so it's the same way with being a Christian. I have to make up my mind and do what I've I've purposed to do. So first, it must be a willing mind and a willing heart. Amen. As I said last week, if a purpose person is doing a job just for a paycheck, it's going to be seen. It's going to be seen. But if that person have a willing heart and a willing mind to serve, you watch what happens on his job. They'll be excited about going to work. They'll be excited about that. You know, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute. You know, and one of the problems in a lot of churches with children's ministry is people don't have have a mind to serve children. They, you know, you have somebody serving children's ministry, and the first thing they do is say, I'm not a babysitter. You know, that, that, that's what they see it as, is, is a babysitter. No, you're a servant of the Lord. You should have a heart to serve. Amen. And make a difference. I think that's what the Scripture says, doesn't it? Make a difference? Whose life can you impact? Who impacted your life? Say you, you've got to realize somebody was serving that impacted you. Somebody was out there working, laboring, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ so that you and I could be saved. How much more? Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. It didn't cost you a thing. Amen. So we have to learn how to serve. And notice what he says, Paul says there in Corinthians. He says, if there's first a will in mind, guess what? It'll be accepted with God, and it'll be accepted with man. Amen. Don't we want to please God? Amen. So we we need to have this will in mind. So number one is you got to make up your mind. I'm going to be a servant for God. Amen. I'm not just doing this for men. I'm doing it for God. And if I please God in my service, man, will be pleased. If not, that's their problem. (laughs) You know, I'm just trying to please the Lord. Amen. So let's make up our mind to serve God. Number two, you do not serve for any type of recognition, fame, or reward. Amen. Now, let's look at Genesis 29. Verse 18 to 28, Genesis 29, verse 18 to 28. We know the story here with Jacob, Rachel, and and Leah, and all the other wives, right? Notice, and Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy youngest daughter. And Laban said, it is better I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seem unto him but a few days, for the love he had for to her. And Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men's of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to him, and he went in unto her, and Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zephah his maid, maid for and handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. For her week and... We will give thee this also for the service which thou hast served with me yet seven of the years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled his week, and he gave him Rachel his daughter to wife. Now think about this. He served seven years. He had a will in mind, but he was doing it for the wrong reason, should you say. Amen. See, we have to be careful. If we're doing it for the wrong reason, we might get something we don't want. See, notice, he worked 14 years and look at the trouble he he had. You know, see, we want to serve, but we want to make sure that we're serving not for any kind of recognition, any kind of fame. That's what Jesus was saying to James and John. When they came to him, says says, that one of us can sit on the right. He says, you don't know what you're asking for. Can you drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? In other words, are you ready to give your life? Amen. So we have to be careful to make sure we're not serving for any kind of recognition. Amen. We're doing it because we love God. We're doing it because God has blessed us. We're doing it because God... He brought us out of darkness to the marvelous light. He's chosen us for such a time as this. Amen. So we're not doing it for any kind of recognition. Notice 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Now we know the story of Naaman, amen, which was the leper, amen. When he came, he, he, lies, uh, he first he goes to the king. And the king thinks he set him up, but Elijah said, send him to me. You know, and then Elijah give Naaman the instruction to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. And notice when he's finished, amen, then Naaman comes here in verse 15 and he returned to the man of God. He and all his company and came and stood before him and he said, behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Amen. We're not serving for gifts. We're not serving for finances. We're not serving. We're serving for the kingdom of God. Amen. We want people to come to know the Lord. And this is what Elijah is saying here. Amen. I'm not taking anything from you because of what God has done. Amen. We're serving the Lord. Amen. And so we should always work our label not for recognition. Amen. But for the Lord. Number three. Number three. Purpose to serve others and not yourself. Purpose to serve others and not yourself. Amen. Now, we think about Joseph. We think about Nehemiah. And we think about Daniel. Amen. It would have been easy for these three guys, their slaves, to serve themselves. They were in positions to take care of their own selves if they wanted to you know Nehemiah the cupbearer Daniel is basically a cupbearer as well Joseph is a servant amen and so here these three slaves are amen but notice because they had a willing mind to serve God is with all three of them and all three of them find favor in the sights of their masters, even though they're slaves. They're, if you want to put it, they're in the big house. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so notice they've got a willing mind to serve. It's not about them. They are serving their master. They're the cup bearer. Amen. So if somebody wanted to try to kill the king, they had to taste the wine first. Amen. And so they have a heart to serve here. Notice what Jesus says uh, here in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse uh, 42 through 45. But Jesus called them to him and said unto them, You know that they which are counted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and the greatest one exercise authority over them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. But even the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and give his life as a ransom. Amen. Now notice, you've heard that twice. And the Bible says, let every word, amen by two or three witnesses, be established. So God is saying to us through his word, look, you are to be a minister. You are to serve. Amen. If you want to be great in my kingdom, you've got to learn to be a servant of all. We have to learn how to serve others and not ourselves. As the psalm says, it's not about you. It's about him. You are his servant. Amen. And so as the slave, should I say, you do what the master tells you to do. It's not about you. So see, it would have been easy. Joseph, the Bible says, every day he got up and went to do his business. And when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, what did Joseph say? My master don't even know what's in this house. Other, you know, than what I tell him. He says, he's kept nothing back from me but you. And I cannot do this sin against God. See, it would have been easy if it had been about him. But it was about God. Amen. It was about his master's trust and abilities in him. See, as I said last week, part of a good servant who has a will in mind, it will be shown in his integrity. It will be shown in his commitment. It will be shown in his dedication. The traits of character will be revealed even in your hard times or even if, if others are over you. If you got somebody that's kind of like a taskmaster or a slave master over you, you'll, it's, it's not about them. Is about Jesus. Amen. You are called to serve. Amen. And when you have a will in mind, God is going to take care of you. He's going to look out for you. He's going to protect you. Look how he protected Joseph. And in the time that God wanted it done, notice what? When you read Acts 7, Stephen says when, when it was God's time, Joseph was brought out of the prison. Amen. And put the second in command. Because he had a servant heart. If he did not have a servant's heart and be willing to serve his master, if he'd have sat around complaining and been all about him, he'd have never been elevated in that position. You know, and notice what Joseph tells his brothers in the end. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And God sent me before you to preserve life. That's what you've been brought to the kingdom for, as Mordecai told Esther, for such a time as this. The servant, as Paul says, must not strive. You've got to be gentle, apt to teach, patient, you know, that those that oppose themselves can be taken out of the hands of the devil, which is taking them captive at his will. You've been brought to the kingdom to serve, go out and reach the lost, and to get them out of the hands and the snares of the devil. But if it's all about you, you're not going to serve. That's what Saul's problem was. When you look at Saul, it was all about him. There ain't nobody eating until I avenge my adversaries. You know, look at it, how it happens. You know, and what did God says? It repented me that I even set him up to be king. See, he was supposed to be a servant. You remember when Rehoboam and Jeroboam and when Jeroboam and Rehoboam took over the kingdom and Jeroboam came to him and says, Hey, your father put some, some hard things on us, man. If you lift them, you know, we'll serve you forever. What did he do? He took the counsel of the young man instead of the counsels of the old men, And as a result, you know, the kingdom was divided. We, we have to realize it's not about us. It's about Jesus. So remember, the servants of the Lord, the chief, let him be a servant of all. Amen. He's got to be that servant. Number four, see everything that you are asked to do as service, excuse me, to Jesus. See everything that you are asked to do as service to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. Paul writing to the church here, he says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord, and not unto men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether it be bond or whether it be free. Amen. Notice here. Amen. He says, do it cheerfully. Be excited. Get excited about service. Amen. Amen. Do not take up your cross daily and just says, oh, i got to pick up my cross again today. It's burdensome, you know. Oh, I've got to carry this burden again today. No. See, it is a service with cheerfulness. It's what you want. Paul told the church in Colossus in the third chapter in the 22nd and 24th verse, notice, he says, servants, Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fear in God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance. For you're serving Christ here. Notice here what he is trying to get us to see. Obey and serve. Do it cheerfully. Be excited about it. Amen. Knowing you're serving God, whatever you do, do it heartily. How would God be pleased with what you're doing? Remember, you want to please God and not man. But if you please God, you're going to please man. Believe me. Amen. It'll work that way every time. He said, don't just serve when people are watching you. Don't just serve. To get recognized. See? He said you don't do it for that reason. He said, you do it heartily as unto the Lord. What you're doing, you're doing it for God. You're doing it for the kingdom. You're doing it to the best that you can. You're providing your very best. Because you represent Christ. It's sad when Christians go to work and slough off. And that's why I hear it all the time. People say, oh, and they call themselves Christians. I told you, the devil know what you're supposed to do. You got people out there that's never touched church, but they know if you say you're a Christian, you say I'm a Christian, I don't do this because I'm Christian, they're going to watch you and see if you're sloughing off, you know, or if you're going to do the best that you can. I pray that we're doing the best that we can. Why? Because we're serving God. That's why Jesus said, let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. And it goes back to what I said earlier. You've got to have a will in mind. Okay? If you've got a will in mind, it's going to be accepted with God and with man, because you will do it to the best of your abilities. You will shine like a star in the night. Amen. So see everything that you're doing as service to the Lord. Number five, see the things that you are asked to do as part of your spiritual duties. See the things that you are asked to do as part of your spiritual duties. So most of us, when we worked in civilian life, <laughs> I gotta get out of military mindset, but, but, you know, you get hired for a job. A job usually come with requirements, you know, and what your job entails and what you are to do. And usually they says, you know, that was part of your duty, you know. And so as a result, whatever your duties are, that's what you're supposed to do. See? without being told because you says, okay, I understand, and, you know, I've signed the contract, and I'm working, and I'm being paid to do a job. And usually if people get fired, what do they say? You weren't doing your job. You know, you, you weren't doing your job, so you get fired, right? In other words, you weren't doing your duty. But, see, everything that we do, we should see service, we should see it as a part of our duties. Notice what Jesus says here and Matthew, I mean, uh, Isaiah here. No, Luke, my goodness, forgive me. Luke 17, 7 to 10. But which of you, having a servant plying or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, go sit down to meat? and will not rather say to him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterwards thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he think that servant, because he did the things that were commanded of him, I try not, or I say not. So likewise you, when you have done all Those things which are commanded you say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Notice it was our duty. And see, that's part of our spiritual duty. You know, you know, Paul even lists a lot of things and scriptures that Christians should do. See, so we have to study the word of God, even when it comes to the ministry, you know, as a minister of of the gospel, as a pastor, as a presbyter, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of duties that is identified in the Bible that I am supposed to do. And they're my duty to do. No one has to tell me what to do. See, And so therefore, we must do those things that God is asking. What did Jesus say? If you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. See, and his commandments are not grievous. They're not hard. This is why the golden rule, always do unto others if you would have them to do unto you. As a servant, you've got to keep that in your mind. How do you want to be treated? If you had your own business and you hired people, how would you want your people to serve? How would you want them to take care of your business? The same concept should be how you should be operating when somebody has hired you. See, we have to realize these things. We have a duty. It was my duty to do that. And see, and this is what God is trying to show us. You have a duty to witness. You have a duty to give. You have a duty to represent Him as part of your spiritual duties here. Because we are servants chosen by the Lord, we shall see anything that we're asked to do for the kingdom as part of our spiritual duties. As a servant, you do not go first. You know, a lot of times, you know, you, you see people, they want to run and get in the food line first. That's just kind of like what Jesus is saying. Look, the servant don't get to eat first. He has to take care of his master first. And then he gets to eat afterwards. He says, do you, you, you think the guy thank him for doing what he's supposed to do? Says, no, I don't think so. said so that was his duty. know, to serve the master first. See? So we have to keep this mindset in Christ. Amen. Number six. Four times slip away. We must learn to serve with gladness. As I said earlier. Amen. I was talking a little bit about this. Amen. I was getting ahead of myself. Amen. Notice Psalms 100 verse 1 and 2. Psalms 100 verse 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Do you get up in the morning and start singing and praising? And when you go to the work, do you go in singing and praising? Do you go to work joyful and glad? You know, why aren't you glad to go to work? I I think the last time I checked, when we needed a job, did not we pray and ask God for a job? we not fill out the applications if it's the will of god let it happen we should be excited that i've got a job how many times you see the god standing on number walmart with the sign says you know looking for a job you know some of those guys are serious believe me but because our lives are turned upside down from drugs and everything else they can't pass the drug test, so they can't get hired. But they're looking for some work. I have guys who used to come to this church that had been in prison. They couldn't get hired, you know, so, but they was out there for labor ready. They would get up early. I have one guy here, he used to get up every morning religiously and ride his bicycle in the cold weather out to, to, uh, labor ready, hoping somebody would give him a job during the day he was diligent and he would always be able to somebody would come by and give him a job you know so so you you got to realize that so if we need to have a heart and gladness to serve is go back to number 1 a willing mind you got to make up your mind you got to be excited you got to be glad you know if you're not excited about the job God has gave you right now do you think he's gonna give you something better? You know, it's about our attitudes. See, so we we have to get this in our mind. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with thanksgiving. Oh, we gotta to go to church again. No, I was glad the psalmist said when they said to me, "Let's go to the house of the Lord." Amen. We gotta get excited. Look at David. I mean, all these songs he's written about praising and joy. You know, when he went to get the ark, notice he danced before God. He danced before the ark. You know, he was a servant. His wife, Michelle, gets mad. Oh, you thought she was something today. Hey, look, I did it to the Lord. And what happened? She suffered because of her attitude. She should have probably been out there worshiping.